Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the rest of the K-Fabe crew. Introducing first, he is the king of the K-Fabe kickflip, Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson. Wex, how we living today, bud? Hey, we're living great, you know, just chilling out, you know, watching wrestling a little bit more casually, you know, do, doing our own thing out here, having fun. Casually. I like it. Chilling. I like it. I like it. Chilling, I'm chilling. Excited. And returning from his hiatus, uh, formerly known as the patron saint of the rock block, currently the wayward son of War Trace, Mr. Jesse Baker. Jesse, how you living, bud? Doing all right, doing all right. Just chilling, uh, still kind of taking in the countryside out here. What, is this the first time the three of us have been together in, what, three weeks now? Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is the, yeah, that's right, because I missed two weeks ago. and then uh, I think I missed the week before and last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So here we are. We're all back together. The old kayfabe crew, all in one holy spot. Holy Trinity. The whole, the my holy Trinity. Or unholy that, that, Trinity. I really wish that, that that whole my whole thing had lasted longer. It feels like it was just like a brief thing, but if I'm you sure guys don't remember it, it was somebody. It, it was an amazing Nia Jax moment, and there are very few of those in wrestling. So um, my whole, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. Oh yeah, my whole. All right. And, uh, yeah. Today is going to be good stuff because we are doing the top five most awesomest, craziest of bumps um, of all time. And this, so it's going to be all over the place. Um, last week, we got a little negative. This week, we're getting positive. We're going to make it nice and fun. Um, I'm excited about it. There's a lot on the. There's a lot of meat on the bone here. There's like so I mean, this this could be from any promotion, any promotion ever of all time. So like the bumps are endless, uh, but just crazy, amazing moments a lot of times we talk about storylines and angles and promos, but like these are the big in-ring moments with these wacky ass bumps. I'm super excited about it, um, Jesse. Since we've kind of been playing hokey pokey, um, you've been like getting any feedback on the show, on the shows that you missed, on the show that we had with uh, the amazing, amazing Miss Jessica Rosenberg. Uh, what's your feedback there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think Jessica is uh, somebody that I would like to bring on as often as we can. Her perspective is more than welcome and always very amazing. It's always, always different. Uh, always. You talk about somebody who does their research very clearly. It's awesome, yeah. too. Having the Gotch Bros on, always a fucking cool thing. And uh, I, you know, confidentially breaking kayfabe a little bit here, got a message from Jacob after the fact. And he's like, man, you guys had us on at the beginning. You had us on in the middle, kind of, where they are right yeah. now. He's like, and after we fucking rock GCW, which was the goal that we established on the last podcast, have us on again. And it's like, yeah. fuck yeah, which we know they're going to do. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a foregone conclusion at this point. Yeah. And when they were teasing their Black Label Pro thing that wasn't announced quite yet, it is not a dark match. They're on the fucking show. So yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Sick, that's awesome. dude. That's, I'm so excited uh, it, about it. I love that tag team. I think they're amazing. Also, too, the closer we get to uh, the end of the show, we're going to have a super show. It's probably going to be about two hours long. The KG Castle has already signed up to be involved. Ooh. Every person, I would love to get like a super show going. I'd love to get Alex Kane on, the Gotches, Jessica Rosenberg, KG Cast. We'll just talk about like, I, I haven't figured it out yet. I got I got a couple of things going on in the noodle for like the last ever K-Fabe sh- comparison show, but it's going to be awesome. I'm super excited about it. But today's show, Wex. How are you feeling about today's show? It's crazy as bumps, man. I'm pretty hyped about this one. It's going to be good. There's like, like you said, it's so broad. I try to keep mine more to like stuff that's been on TV to stay away from like, you know, obscure random indie deathmatch shit. So yeah. 
I tried to keep it to stuff that came on national television and or pay-per-view. I I was very similar, very similar, but there's maybe one exception on there. Um, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really pumped about today's show. I'm pumped about uh, the rest of season five. But let's get to the uh, the the main segment, like the, what's what's going on in the world of wrestling, man. Wex, be I mean, our uh, anchor man and start off. Uh, okay, we'll get to it. We'll go to the WWE shit, and uh, you know we had Halloween Havoc, you know, over the weekend. It was you know whatever. We'll get into that a little bit more okay. detail in later because we have a little special segment that we're going to debut later. That's, that's going to specifically be about Halloween Havoc and all the people and kind of what happened. But uh, yeah, you know, NXT this week, we did get the debut of The Rock's daughter, the first ever fourth generation superstar in the WWE. We did indeed. Not in wrestling, but just in the WWE. So yeah. congratulations. All she did was, like, you know, appear. She didn't really wrestle. So, uh, that's to be seen. So, uh, guys, what do you think about that? Do you think she's gonna, you know, she's ready in ring, or do you have no clue, just like me? I, I can't imagine that she is. To be honest with you, there's just no way. Um, also, too, because of her age, like I didn't realize that she's never really seen her dad wrestle. Like she was a very small. I mean, outside, I shouldn't say that. Outside of the Cena Rock, like she's yeah. never seen her dad as a just a wrestler. He's pretty much been a movie star her whole life. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't around for the flex cabana days. She wasn't around flex Cavana. Sorry. She wasn't around for those days. She wasn't around for, you know, the Rocky Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Like she wasn't really. So I'm, I can't imagine that she's amazing right off the bat. I just, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope she's the best thing I've ever seen. I really do. I feel like this has been in the hopper for a minute and they've been talking about her training and talking about her being around people and working with people for this for a few years now, to be honest. And I feel like there was a point where she was doing it and then like didn't do it for a second. Yeah. And then came back in. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know exactly how that would affect things, but I would say if anybody does get that like trainable treatment and if she has the same athletics as her um, (coughs) bloodline, then right. I kind of wonder if, you know, I, I, I think it might work. I, 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 I like the idea of them introducing her into a faction in the first place. I do like the idea of her not using her given name. I, I, I like all of these things because I think it protects her from having to be. I mean, it's, it's kind of the same route that Dwayne went, really. I mean, yeah. And no, I completely agree. There'll probably be a half a dozen missteps. And if something hits, it'll be after that half a dozen. Yeah. And I mean, I I totally agree with bringing her into a faction because I think that it makes perfect sense for her to be the female and bloodline eventually. And I I feel like bloodline is going to be like the new day. Like people think that this is going to like, Oh, they're just working this to the end. And yeah, I mean, Sammy's not going to be around, but like the bloodline, this whole thing, it's going to be here for a long time. Oh, yeah. Like until until there's no more Roman Reigns on television, I think the bloodline is here forever. I don't okay. think they ever break up. Ever. I think ever. if The Rock ever wrestles another match, that it's going to be the dominance of the bloodline. Yes. Whether he does or not, I'm not sure if he does. I'm not saying that he does, but if he yeah. does, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think that if they, if they get their way and it's it's and Mania happens with with Reigns and Rock, it's very much a, you know, who is the tribal chief? That's that's the question. 
Don't think yeah, that's going to happen. Know, they're not going to. He's going to have the belt. So obviously the rock is not going to win because they're not going to give the rock the belt. Or do you, do you think they would? Oh no, the rock's not going to win. I think if they do get rock, rock would do a Cena thing. I think he would commit to two, if not three WrestleManias. Uh, and, and, and I think that if he did, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. He, he's getting to a point now where he's getting past the movie star status into like, uh, like just a mega mega star to where it's like, he doesn't have to take every movie anymore. Whereas even two or three years ago, he's still like having to make movies on a regular basis to keep that, you know, being that number one guy. And now he's and got hey, you know, and NFL and all these other things. It's like, you know, Terramana, like, I, I could easily see him being like, no, I'm just going to do two or three movies a year and Dude, work a part time. Honestly, schedule. yes. If the if this Black Adam shit hits right, he'll just only do Black Adam movies and wrestle. Like he could, or like Black Adam and whoever he is in Fast and Furious. What is it, Hobbs yeah, or like, whatever? Do a couple of those mean, movies. If, what do you mean if it, it hits right? He oh, had like the, the biggest opening weekend of his entire cinematic career. Yeah, and it's and it's 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 the best rated uh, DC movie since the like Dark Knight, I think. And well, James Gunn, that, that, that actually that makes me want to go watch it now because I was kind of skeptical, but now that I didn't really know that, so that sounds yeah. pretty cool. I mean, yeah. James I mean, Gunn is about to take over the it. entire DCEU. Like the like James Gunn and another guy are going to be the combined Kevin Feige of the DC yeah. movie universe. They just good. I'd love to see some good DC movies because the ones that Gunn has done and some of the others have been pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. only good ones. Yeah, those are the only good ones. Yeah. I mean. The Zack Snyder cut was pretty good. It was just long. It was great. I thought it was great. It was yeah, just fucking long. It took yeah. me two two periods to watch it. Man, pro yeah. wrestling and superheroes. Somehow we, we find a way. See, if you guys like this shit, you're going to like our next podcast. Just, just <laughs> yeah, be ready. No shit. No shit. All right, what else we got on the docket? I mean, uh, so AW Dynamite last night. Uh, the in-ring was great. I mean, literally every match. The opening match, is, the man. tag team match. Is. Fantastic. Sammy Guevara versus Brian Danielson. Great. The yeah. random ass Pentagon Jr. getting to face Moxley for the world title. Dude, their styles just contrast so well. And I love Pentagon. He's like, ever since Lucha Underground, been like one of my favorite wrestlers. And I know he wasn't going to win, but just like, I, I still just, I popped for maybe a, a near fall or two there. It was still a good match. And the whole MJF thing, I mean, fucking great. Like that that's what's going that's on in AEW right now that's is fair. MJF. It's that's the company right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he literally at this point, that dude is carrying the company. Right? So I mean, I want to I want to pose this question to you guys based on the MJF thing. Obviously, yeah. he knows carry every week. We're always waiting on the turn and what he says and all that fun stuff. Sure. You know, obviously, they went ahead and ended it on. I wouldn't call it a turn, but, you know, it's like, not a turn. It's another swerve, by the way. I think, That's dude, I totally think it's a swerve, and the That's firm is still in his pocket. He paid them to beat him up. That's what I'm saying. Too. That's what I'm okay. thinking. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page about that shit, and I fucking hope that's the case because here's the thing: he's Jericho jumped the shark on a fucking press scrum by saying MJF's a babyface. He's got to be a babyface. He's going to be a babyface, and I'm like, dude, you have discredited all of the work that he does as a heel from here on out by saying that shit on a public forum because it's you. Yeah. And it like that upsets me because at that point in time, it suspends disbelief on the part of a whole lot of other people. And I'm like, it, like it, sorry, opposite of suspends disbelief. Yeah. <laughs> like it really just makes it seem like everything MJF is doing now is contrived and has been planned. And it's like, God damn it, guys. Like 
AEW is actually trying, I think, to catch up and get a little bit creative. They're a little yeah. burden the elite out of the promos. The situation with MJF, what's inevitably going to be yet another swerve, that whole other deal. And that upset me watching it. Dynamite, though, was a really great program this week. Yeah. And I will go ahead and address the elephant in the room. We finally saw the elite addressed. They had a little, like, Thanos snap promo where they just kept disappearing out of AEW, which is clearly letting us know that they're on their way back. Yes. They just finally, I guess, completed their legal investigation. So what, we, what do you think? Do you think they're going to incorporate storyline with this and make it work? Do you think Punk's I don't think gone? That they ever mentioned CM Punk on television ever again for the rest of okay. the time? I don't think so either. But did you guys also notice in the legal discovery that apparently in a pre-scheduled veterinary appointment – they noticed that two of Larry's teeth were knocked loose and had to get pulled when the door was knocked in. This I've heard also- that, but I've also heard that that may not be true because that sounds like couldn't be. So I'm so if it did happen, that's fucked up. But if it didn't, then you know we don't know. So let's. I guess we'll have to wait for it to come out. But I've also heard like conflicting reports. Like I've like Meltzer, who I was like reporting heavy on this shit, was like. You know, no, all the people that I know never mentioned the dog's teeth getting knocked out, but. Well, but he had a veterinary appointment after the fact, so how the fuck would they have known? But also, one thing Meltzer did say was that A. Steele's wife, who was in the room, was one of the only people in the discovery, in the investigation, that was never interviewed. Which is also kind of strange. Yeah, but again, very weird. So it also could be. I mean, is it? A goddamn fucking lie. <laughs> I mean, she was, she's the only one that wasn't employed as well. Yes, that makes matters? sense. Except for the dog. Yeah. All I know <laughs> is that we're probably never going to know until like they come out with like a little documentary like 20 years later, like a Dark Side of the Ring, like the true story behind Brawl Out. I don't care. I just – No, okay. I just I don't really care right now either. I just don't let's give also a fuck. Address, let's them, also address the other CM Punk. Back on TV, get the punk off. Yeah, I, I agree. Get punk off. I agree. But let's, let's talk about those rumors too because apparently the hang-up here is that – there is a buyout situation. Like they're talking numbers. What, what's that buyout contract going to be, right? And the only reason why a buyout would be on the table is because of the non-compete. Otherwise, he could just be like, okay, cool. I'll just sit at home and you'll just have to keep this contract and pay me. That's but not the only reason. He, no, no. He is, he is the one that's requesting the buyout. But that's the main that's, reason. That's not the only reason. That, okay. That's fair. It's not the only – okay. You're there right. are other rumors going around that he did have some semblance of an office role agreed to in part of his contract. And if that's the case, then a buyout actually litigiously would be necessary. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean I will say that like – yeah. I mean either way, I don't think that we ever see him in a wrestling ring ever again, period, especially with Triple H. I just oh, yeah. don't Triple see. H fucking hates CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, and I don't see that. And now it's like the more time goes on, it's like the more people just used to shit on Triple H about like, oh, he married the boss's daughter. He's that's the only reason why he, he was like upper mid Carter at best that like got elevated by other main eventers, but he's never, never really main event guy. People that said the dumbest things. And then like ah, it's like and then all the CM Punk all that happened, what was it, 2013 or whatever? Like almost yeah. ten years ago now. And it's like now, now, and now. Since then, though, we've had NXT, and then we've had this situation with CM Punk, and it's like mm, now that we all the internet's bigger now, and now that we all know a few more things, 
Was Triple H ever really the bad guy in the first place, or was CM Punk literally always a dickhead? But that's what he's always been a dickhead. He's the modern day Bret Hart. Always been a dickhead. I'm just gonna say I agree. Always been a dickhead. Everyone else backstage at WWE during the time he was there said the same shit. Yeah. Yep. Fuck them. So yeah, you know that that that's what's going on there. So the only other really thing kind of interesting wrestling news that I saw. Did you guys see? Your boy Zach Efron looking jacked, real jacked, baby, for his role as Kevin Von Erich. Kevin Von E. Wait, wait, yeah. what? Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's playing Kevin Von Erich in the new movie Iron Claw. It's a movie about the Von Erich family, like a biopic, and Zach what? Efron is playing Kevin Von yeah, Erich. He's wait, got a bowl cut. He's fucking jacked. What is this going to be on? He's got a bowl cut. He's jacked. He's he's ready. It's, it's going to be on a movie. It's a movie, no, I mean, like a Hollywood movie. But like it's releasing in theaters. Yes, yes about the the Von Eric family. Yeah, of all uh, okay, all right. There's a bunch of other stars involved too. Like, I'm, okay, I'm hype. First of all, I'm I'm just gonna say that I'm hype. But literally, of all the like store, like of all the wrestling things that you should make into a Hollywood movie, that's not the one. I don't it's know, so, dude. It's just not so tragic. It's just like it, it makes a good. Yeah, movie. Yeah, I know, but I mean, there's so many other ones. You know, like one Chris Benoit is the number one that comes to mind. Like yeah, one of the biggest territories that ever existed, and you have seven brothers or fifteen brothers or eighteen brothers or whatever the fuck, and at least five of them died in a crazy fashion. Most of them by suicide. Suicide. Know, yeah. That tells me Hollywood movie. I'm just saying. Like to me, that's a big like capitalizing on the success of something like Dark Side on the Ring. You're yeah, not- they watched they somebody in Hollywood watched Dark Side of the Ring and they're like, that's a fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm sorry. I mean, I, all right, listen, I'm going to I'm, I'm not I shouldn't say that. I'm just not I'm going to like it because I love pro wrestling and I like Zac Efron. And that's amazing that that's going to happen. Like, I'm I'm excited to see that. Um. I don't know. I just don't. I feel like the Von Eric story, the Texas story, maybe it's just because I'm such a stan and it's such a mark that I've seen like every little in-depth thing about it. And it's going to be like it's like watching the Elvis uh, movie. Like if you're if you're a deep musician or if you have like lineage of music in your family, it's like you've like your first thing you ever listened to was the Beatles and Elvis. Right. It's like it's so it's like, yeah, you watch it. And I just like, yeah, sing Viva Las Vegas as a three year old. Yeah, like, this is great. But it's like. I've, I've, I'm so over Elvis. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just so over the Von Eric. I feel like I've heard the Von Eric story like so many times. Like yeah, just the book. plane ride from hell. That, that just that that one six hour flight. That's a movie, bro. Here's, that's a movie. Here's the difference, though. New we, Jack biopic. Yeah, New are, Jack. I would be more hyped for that, honestly. We all have, but if you talk about a family. With multiple suicides of children, with the lineage and what was rumored to be a very steadfast father that was pressuring them into the business and all of that fun stuff, the success of Texas and that entire thing, you talk about encapsulating that into a movie. A, it's easy. B, Chavo Guerrero has already signed on to be like the wrestling coordinator and all that fun shit. So it's going to be yet another one of those types of projects. It's like a Heels. Now, Heels was done really well, and I was skeptical of it, but it was very a really good. fucking great show. Very good. And – I think that this is going to be like another version of that. They're going to con- Hollywood's going to continue to popularize this whole thing. If you haven't noticed, Vice already has four different Dark Side series based on the format that Dark Side of the Ring already had. Yeah, and I mean, Dark Side of Comedy is great. Dark Side of the '90s, eh? Dark Side of Football is bullshit. But at the same time, that's what they keep. There's doing. some good episodes. That was all right. I'm just saying, it's it's still like they're learning from the conscript that is the mythology. Told by like by pro wrestling from day one, 
And I think as wrestling fans that we should all be probably proud of that, but we also have to take into account we're wrestling fans. Yes, we've heard the Von Erich story. Right. But has the world, has your, no, has your average Joe motherfucker now that is like only ever watched like Vampire Diaries and shit or like Dahmer like or all of that other shit, like everybody watching true crime and stuff like that, I had, like they don't know shit about this stuff. Yeah, I'm no, just I waiting agree. for the Chris Benoit biopic to come out. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying, too. Like, I feel like Crossface – I mean, I know, I know for a fact that that was not just a rumor. Like, there was a script going around Hollywood, oh, yeah. like, years ago. And I can't remember his name. I could see his face. He was a Hollywood guy, and he's still kind of a Hollywood guy, but he's not really as much anymore. Um, I can't remember. He was in, like, Judge Dredd remake and, like – With Carl Urban? Carl. No, I think he was Sabretooth in the X-Men movies. Oh, uh, Lee Schreiber. Yes, Lee Schreiber. He was going to be Chris Raw. And it's like, ah, first of all, you're way too tall. Benoit vs. Flex part two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like the Benoit story would be great. I feel like just Eddie Guerrero's life story would be great. I, yeah. feel, like, I feel like Have a Nice Day, the Mick Foley book as a movie, but the book as a movie – but like a Lionsgate, almost like 80s-ish, 90s-ish movie where it's like – it's just a, almost like a drama comedy. You know, like a – like like I feel like that would be great. Um, the problem is they're still milking all of these things as documentaries. But so like I the Stone Cold the- story, The Rock's actual biopic, Ric Flair's actual biopic, Hulk Hogan's actual biopic, the like, Von Erichs, bro? The, let's, the, go back, the first- let's go back for a second. Isn't The Rock's actual biopic on NBC right now as a series under his Yeah, own? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. right. Oh, it's a comedy <laughs> show, man. Dude, a Macho Man biopic would be crazy. A Macho Man biopic? Dude, honestly, that would be a half Miss baseball Elizabeth movie. Miss Elizabeth like, like, you know, have like half Miss his life is dying with Lex Luger and all that shit? Yeah. That'd be gnarly. Yeah. Lex Luger would be a great one. Played oh, in the NFL. Not, yeah. Goldberg, honestly. Goldberg's life as a movie, I'd I'd watch it. I'm, I would I, – okay, I'm going to say this. I might regret it, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> I think I would rather watch a great Hollywood Goldberg biopic than this. Genuinely. Bold claim. I guess we'll see what happens when it comes out. So if you guys want to go ahead and move on into the meat not and taters really, I'm not show. really done talking about this movie, honestly. No, <laughs> okay, you ready to move on into the meat and taters? You ready? Let's get into the meat and taters, man. We're going to talk about the craziest bumps, the craziest bumps of all time. That we like the ones that stick out to us as like massive in ring moments. So for me, for my grading process, it was both personal, like I do most of my list, both personal and like iconic moments that I feel like are undeniable. Like when you think of a massive holy shit moment in wrestling, even a casual will be like this. You know what I mean? Like, so there's a lot of those. So um, many. There's so many. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Um, and there's, so it's like half and half, like two and a half and two and a half for me. I don't know. Wex, just give me a broad, like, how did you gauge when I said like, Hey, we're going to do the most awesome bumps, craziest bumps of all time. Where did your head go immediately? Like not, don't give me the bump, but like process. Just, uh, like I grading. said, uh, kind of mentioned earlier, I just went for stuff that's been on like national TV or pay-per-view. I didn't want to go obscure indie deathmatch stuff. Cause you know, that can, that can get real nitty gritty with crazy ass bumps. So I just did. I didn't include any of that. You know, you, you could go Zandig and Joey Janela, but I just wanted to keep this to like mainstream classic wrestling moments and stuff that really stuck out to me personally. 
Yeah. Like stuff I, like I remember. That. Like I remember how I felt like watching it. Like, oh, right. fuck. Like that was. Mm. Okay. And Jesse, you did. You took kind of the same approach as, as me and Lex then essentially. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, for me, it was more of like just certain things, not necessarily the most sickening, nutty things you're going to see. A lot of it had to do with like the platform that it was on. A lot of right. it had to do with like right. where it was, when it happened, why it happened, who was involved. And, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There, there are a couple, there, there's one that may be disqualified, but we'll see. I mean, I feel like the super death match fans are not the kind of people that listen to this podcast anyway. So I don't think that they're going to be too upset. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not worried about that shit. I like, here's the thing. If we want to do death match bumps, we can do that as a completely different category. And guys, if you, guys want, to, if you guys want to send in oh. death match bumps, fucking send them. Come on. Kayfabe comparisons. Zero percent chance I will. No, this ever is all cover our that personal, like our personal opinions. That's not really the greatest. That's how we feel yes. about these bumps. Yeah. I mean, you know what? Listen, guys. I want you to. I want you to turn up the volume a little bit. If you don't like the show, fuck you. These are our ideas, right? Like <laughs> these. Are, these. Are, this is how we're supposed to feel about them. You've got You're two listening to this words for you because it's our opinions. All right. <laughs> if you if, hey, if you want to tell me your opinions, feel free. But I'm gonna go ahead and kick this thing off here. My uh, top five craziest bump moments, and I'm, I'm gonna get shit and hate for this one right off the bat. But I don't give a fuck. It sticks out to me. It's a personal moment. I was in the crowd when it happened, and it's also um, iconic for a brand that started, or at least uh, lives mostly here in Nashville, Tennessee. And it's the Elix Skipper Cage Walk Frankensteiner. That's my number five craziest bump moments of all time. I almost put that mother. One of my honorable mentions, just like Jesse said, it almost yeah. made it. It's a great almost. bump. It's a great moment. It's, uh, I mean, nothing else in wrestling had happened at the time. And being there, I was very proud of TNA at, at that at that point, man. I was like, that was oh four, right? So I was like, uh, still wrestling. I was still wrestling at the fairgrounds where that happened on Saturdays. And a lot of times like the TNA guys would show up and get an extra couple hundred bucks for their payday or whatever. Uh, Cause they were already in town for the pay-per-view. And I remember like, you know, I, I worked secure. I was a guy in black pants and a black polo a couple times, a skinny little oh, yeah. kid that used, I was, I'm in a couple of those uh, things on the TNA. What is the TNA uh, all access or whatever Impact it is. Plus. Impact plus Impact plus Impact plus. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, it was just, a, it's a personal moment for me, but also too, like they put that in their highlight. It might still be in the impact highlight reel. Oh, it, it like, definitely is. Yeah. yeah so like classic, amazing moment, amazing bump, uh, really solidified the in-ring product at the time. And I can't say enough good things about Elix Skipper, man. Like if that dude had a better voice, Prime he'd fucking be a time, massive baby. star. Wex, where you at? Number five. Coming in at number five for me. Uh, it's another one. Like I said, it's. It's close and special to me. It's uh, when I really got hardcore back into wrestling, and this comes from Lucha Underground. And I'm talking about your boy Angelico, and I almost went with the cross body from the balcony. Which one are you talking about? He also had a drop kick yep. from the balcony to the ladder, and a fucking drop kick bump from the fucking balcony. Like yep. goddamn, and like this is how I found out about Angelico, and. He's in AEW till this day. I mean, you know, not really done much since Jack Evans left, but Angelico is a hell of a fucking athlete, and he's known more of his, as like a submission wrestler. But that bump right there, that was one of those ones I was just like, holy fucking shit, dude. Lucha Underground was way ahead of its time, and 
it go back and watch that bump. It's cr- fucking crazy. It's insane. I know exactly Drop what you're talking about. from it's the crazy. goddamn balcony to the ladder. It's not only that, too. It's like the visual of him, like, it's a hard cam show, right? And then there's, yeah. there's essentially, like, bleachers. Like, almost like old school, 1970s built high school with, like, the wooden bleachers that pull out of the wall. That's almost what it feels like, right? He runs from the entire top row of the bleachers all the way around on top of the office, like, I feel like the momentum of him running is what makes it so intense. Because uh, if he had just stood on the balcony and then jumped off and like hit it, it would still would have been cool. But that whole windup of the massive run was like, there's no way he's going to do it. There's no way he's going to do it. And then he does it. And you're like, holy shit. That anticipation, awesome bump, man. Great choice. Great choice. Jesse, where are you at? Number five. My number five is going to be real random. It is from an arbitrary Monday Night Raw in 2001. And it is the Kurt Angle moonsault off the cage versus Chris Benoit. Good. When Chris moves. And there's a big reason this is impactful to me. A moonsault off the cage has been done prior and has been done since. However, at this point in time, in 2001, an athlete like Kurt Angle, in his particular shape, in his particular style, was not the type of person to do that kind of thing. Totally. He fucking knew he was going to miss it. And he took a full-on backflip onto the belly off of the top of that steel cage. And if you watch the impact of that bump, you can see the crowd reaction and how everybody else goes. And it it was one of those things where I remember watching it live and I was just like, I can't believe that he just did that because he wasn't that guy. Yeah. Like Kurt Angle wasn't – at that point like – This was pre-Perk was- Angle. Way pre-Perk Angle. Yeah. Yeah. There and, well, and there were a couple of things that had happened that were like a little bit, you know, like, like there were a couple of things with other wrestlers that were intense, but nothing like that. Yeah. And watching that big, he got air yeah. on that himself, and then landed flat the fuck. He knew what he was doing. Rock I have face. to give him kudos. Yeah. That's my number five, man. Yeah. Same That's bump a good happened. One. That's a really sick one. Same bump happened in 2012. Uh, Cody. Cody Rhodes and Goldust against uh, the oh, yeah. New Age Outlaws. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The That's New right. Age Outlaws of all teams. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and I remember that. That was actually priest right right before Stardust happened. It was when, like, he kept losing with Goldust, and then he became Stardust, and they started winning again or whatever. Yeah, and we got to see them win their tag team championships in Nashville. We did. But, Night of Champions. I will say, though, that uh, Kurt Angle did that bump again in TNA against uh, Ken Anderson and actually nailed it. And it was fucking nutty. But yeah. Nutty indeed. Nutty indeed. Okay. So here's my number four, guys. My number four. I feel like you guys are going to applaud me because I don't ever do obscure shit, but this one sticks out of my brain really hard. And like, this is the only bump that I was going to say that's like not on, it was never on a major TV show, but it was all over the internet. Like, everyone that likes wrestling, even casuals, have seen this moment. Over the years, and it's the uh, the Joey Janela and Zan uh, Zandig oh. bump off the roof into that truck bed. Everyone's seen it on Twitter. Everyone's seen it. Yeah. That moment. The only reason why it's not number one is because there's a few million people less that have seen it. Honestly, when I saw that happen, I was like, and they neither one of them were hurt either. I, and at that point, I was like, okay, wait, like. Does pro wrestling just because they're both like it's a work to both of them? Do like regular laws of physics not work anymore? No, like, wait, that, because that's kind of what it feels like. No, Joey was hurt. 
Yeah, but nope. not like he fucking cut his tendon in his finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he cut his tendon, but but like he didn't break his fucking spine. Like you know what I'm saying? Like because that's what it looked like should have happened. Like had a, any normal human being done that same thing, same thing, not in a wrestling match, dead on the spot, immediately dead, immediately dead. I mean, like, it made Joey's career, dude. Jesus, it made his career. It yeah. made his career. Like, it's an amazing moment. If you don't know what I'm talking about, all literally Google these three words, three words, Joey, Janela, Roof. Like those three. Dig. No, you don't even have to do that. Like, it, it's going to come up like immediately. We're going to have to put some links, by the way. We're gonna, oh, yeah. This, yeah, yeah. We're going to have to do some follow up here. This is my only obscure one, by the way. But like, if you okay, haven't well, seen since, it, it's uh, crazy. Since, since you mentioned that, well, let's give an honorable mention to the sick Nickamondo weed whacker to the chest. Yeah. We got to yeah. give an honorable mention to that one because that's one of those other ones that everybody who's watched wrestling videos on YouTube has seen that shit. And I've never seen that before or after. That's like just the most whack fucking insane shit. But it's sick Nickamondo. And shout out to him. He does the video, some video work for Mox and AEW and shit. Nick, too much Mondo. Yeah. Number four, Mr. Waxley. Coming in at number four for me is a very recent bump, and I'm sure you guys remember this. This was Darby Allen versus Cody Rhodes in one of their first matches when Darby oh, yeah. did the coffin drop from the top rope, and Cody moved out of the way, and he just fucking mid-spined the fucking apron and one of the most brutal, gnarly bumps I've ever seen anybody willingly take. Yeah. Like, when that happened, I was like, oh, my God, he's, he's fucking – he's injured. He's dead. He's fucking injured. And then he wasn't, that's and then one. that's when I went, like, holy shit, Darby Allen really is that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he is that guy. Yeah, I remember like, that vividly. I didn't even think of it because I was thinking of, like, top five ever and for, for me. But, dude, that, that is a gnarly one for sure, man. Darby I'll, Allen. I'll never forget that shit. That's just, like – Dude, <clears> that, that lived- body bag bump that he took, too, like, was insane. The, the getting taught to- like and the small thing like getting tossed down the stairs when they were like during quarantine when oh yeah Ethan yeah. Oh, yeah. Page had just like oh, made yeah, that was move. fucking sick too that was an insane like you it was he was not like just it wasn't like a like a like the empty stadium I quit match with with uh during the Super Bowl with Foley where he's like obviously working himself down the stairs like he oh just Darby got just took it he sent like, it yeah it's crazy man Darby Allen's a crazy motherfucker oh yeah definitely. Them skaters. Number four, Jesse. God damn it. Okay. My number four, I wrestled with this one for a minute. I wound up leaving off all hardy bumps on purpose okay. because I, it, it was a rule I made for I myself. I did not, but we'll get to Oh, that. not me. Not me. <laughs> I, I, it was a rule I made for myself because it would have been too easy. So this was going to be a hardy bump, but instead, and this is another profile one, I'm going – the edge spear to Mick Foley off the ropes at WrestleMania 20 in the hardcore match through the flaming, flaming table, table involving Lita. Yeah. And here's why. Yeah. It is far less than the craziest bump that I've ever seen. I'm not yeah. going to say that. But I will say that on the platform it was on, on the 20th anniversary of the Super Bowl of Wrestling yeah. in Madison Square Garden on Vince McMahon's television, there is a flaming table – there is a man that spears another man who has been retired for some time technically. Yes. And sends him reeling through a table. This also involves a bloody-faced woman, which at that time was also not a thing that really happened on WWE TV. Agreed. 
And it and if you look at the way that the lighter fluid and everything dissipated, just that fallout, the way they sold it, every fucking part of it, it was illustrated perfectly. This was such an artistic, amazing bump to end such an intense match that it never— It was a Disney death match. Never should have happened on a WrestleMania, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying yeah. it should have happened on a WrestleMania because it was fucking awesome. The platform renders it— one of the craziest months that I've ever seen because it's not something we ever would have seen on WWE TV in any other fucking way. Totally agree. Totally agree. Man, like that's it. a really that's good a point. Good that's a really good one. Also too, like when I say like, like think of like, uh, like the Mandalorian, like when I say Disney, like produced, I don't mean like beauty and the beast. I mean like, you know, Andor or like Obi-Wan Kenobi or the Mandalorian or, or the Avengers or whatever, you know? Um, so, like, to me, that match you just described is, like, CZW deathmatch for, like, wrestling fans, but done with Disney production. That yeah. was that Foley yeah. well, edge match. Done, yeah. yeah, and that's what I mean. But it's, like, production value mm-hmm. on 100. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, just done perfectly. Done perfectly. Man, honestly, I'm glad that you said that about, about Hardy. Because my number, my number three, my bronze medal, is the iconic Hardy Edge Spear. It's the oh, big swing. Oh shit! It's the big swig into the spear. Got to get the bronze medal at the very minimum. I mean, to me, you cannot have a list of craziest bumps and not have Jeff Hardy somewhere on the list. Um, but this one's just so iconic too, because the reason why I think this is so amazing is because it's a generic move at this point. The spear is a generic move that tons of people use. And it was executed pretty standardly. The only difference is it's literally, and then no exaggeration, minimum 20, 22 feet in the air. Like, that's kind of insane. Like, it's kind of insane. And they kept their technique. The form was, it was a perfect bump. It was a perfect The 20-foot ladder. But, like, the timing that you have to have. And, and, and you know what? Honestly, we got to give Bubba Ray a lot of credit for holding the ladder Pulling Jeff back so he would get the spring, the swing in, you know what I mean? Like, but the moment, I mean, it was literal art. It was literal Cirque du Soleil art. It was perfectly executed. And just an amazing moment that I don't think anybody could say like, oh, well, that, you know, this shit's clearly fake or, or whatever. It's like, I don't give a fuck who you are. Number one, that hurts. Number two, it was beautiful. Like, it was just executed so, so pretty. It's an iconic moment. It'll be in highlights for 50 years. Ever, it, it, be. It's, it's forever. Like, that. Yeah, the TLC swing. No clip, no opening, no nothing that is not going to involve some semblance of that. Agreed. Fully agreed. Wex, we're into bronze medals, baby. Where you at? Okay, my bronze medal, it's uh, one that's it's it's kind of obscure. You probably guys won't think about this until I say it, but it's from a TLC pay-per-view, and it's Kalisto hitting the Salida Del Sol through the ladder on Jay Uso off the top. Ooh, ooh. I remember that. That was one of the fucking sickest bumps I've ever seen executed, and it was just done so perfectly. And then yeah. right after that, Sin Cara did follow up with a swanton bomb on top of it also, which – add a little extra fuel to it, but that bump alone, dude, it's just fucking crazy. And it's just sad to see like Kalisto went from doing crazy shit like that to like being in Mexico and wrestling one-offs in AEW and just kind of 
fading away, but like he's a good wrestler. He sh- I don't know why he doesn't get a shot. Well, he. Uh, I think he hurt a couple of guys. Uh, okay, uh, well, I don't I care. I don't think that's it. I just heard that he, I think he believes his own shit. Oh, he's one of those those guys. And he My does have one of the funniest stink. iconic moments when he got drafted to SmackDown. He was like, I'm ready to do some good lucha things and just ran off. Yeah. Good lucha things. Good lucha things. That bump was yeah. some good lucha things, and uh, I'll always remember that. It was just fucking – it was amazing. Well, I'm, I'm going to confess my bronze medal is a weird one um, only because it is an ECW bump, an original ECW bump, but it's not going to be something I think a lot of people think is crazy, crazy, but it was crazy to me. ECW Heat Wave 1998. I uh, – there's a match between Taz and Bam Bam Bigelow. I know what you're talking about. And the reverse, basically, Taz tries, or Bam Bam Bigelow tries to suplex Taz. Taz reverses it into a DDT, and DDTs Bam Bam Bigelow through the goddamn entrance ramp. That's and my. That's <laughs> that literally is my honorable mention. Yeah, because I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Why I think it's so important because in ECW you saw so much crazy shit. You saw yeah. people diving off balconies and through tables and fucking barbed wire and cookie sheets and carts and like name it. You saw it in ECW. However, can you name me another promotion where you saw somebody go through the entrance ramp at that point in time? Not a one. Nah, like, not a one. None. It was the only unexpected bump ECW could have done. WCW ripped it off like two months later. They yeah. did, they did, but at, but at that point in time, you yeah. never would have known. Like, I mean, obviously, a lot of people didn't see ECW at that point in time, but I'm saying, like, at that point in time, when I saw it live, I was like, holy fuck! And it yeah. was, it was also very fucking believable. And it's like, I don't know. To me, that was a way to take an extreme promotion who's done everything under the fucking sun and kind of grow it into a scenario of. Here's how we rewrite the narrative of here's what did happen. Here's what didn't happen. And here's what we can do with it between two guys like Taz and Bam Bam Bigelow who don't have to do super extreme shit. Going through that ramp was one of the more surprising things to me yeah. that they ever did. And I, I, to be honest, I thought that it made the match. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's an iconic moment. It would, it was literally honorable mention on my list. The only reason why I didn't put it on my list this one and my – I'll just say it now. My other honorable mention was – I think it was Living Dangerously also in 1998 when um, they had that like a not, – it's not a forklift, but it's like the, the little little cage lift like thing. Oh, yeah, it's like yeah. a, and it, uh, it's, it, was, it was the Dudleys and New Jack. Um, anyway, there's like a little lift thing and like New Jack is standing on top of the entranceway and hits – Bubba, and then the thing goes back down. He like falls on it, and it goes back oh, down. Yeah. And he dives oh, like yeah. fifty running dive, fifty feet on a little Guido onto two tables. Yeah, that was my other honorable mention. I, I the only reason why I didn't put those ECW ones in there is because like I didn't think that enough people had seen it. Yeah. And honestly, I felt like I put the Joey Janela one in there because I felt like when that thing went viral, it was, it was everywhere, yeah. like everywhere. But yeah, dude, both those bumps are insane. That dude, that Taz Bam Bam bump is so iconic. It so was used have, forever. It's so creative. I have one honorable mention, and I feel like uh, Wes, do you have an honorable mention? 
I mean, you guys have mentioned a few of the, my honorable mentions uh, pretty much, and I have one more I guess I'll toss in there, and that's uh, Undertaker choke slamming Spike Dudley just straight to the fucking yeah. outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one. fucking gnarly. My honorable mention was the uh, RVD pile driver bump with Tommy Dreamer, November yeah. to remember, nineteen ninety. Oh, November to remember, yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's just one of those one. that's uh, like, that's just one of those perfectly executed. Nobody got hurt. Nobody fucking, uh, nothing was bad, but like, God damn, it just looks. The most amazing bump you've ever seen. Yeah. So fucking good. Silver medal. That's so well done. Mr. Just Noah. good wrestling. Silver medal. Here we go. All right. Silver medal. Uh, number two for me. It's crazy that this dude is just known for these massive ass mumps, but it's Shane McMahon. It's SummerSlam 2000. It's the Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman bump, yeah. The weak ass whack to the back, like the the softest whack. (laughs) But that bump is in. I don't give a damn. (laughs) You're like, oh, it's a crush, but I don't give a fuck. That dude was like 180 feet in the air. Like that dude might as well have a parachute on. He's literally at the. T- he's like he took a he took an Owen Hart bump into a crash pad. That's what he did. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go ahead and say it though. It was the top of the rafters, bro. Yeah, an like, Owen Hart bump into the fucking crash pad. Better than a turnbuckle, I guess. Yeah, there's no turnbuckle, so he's still alive. Shit. Right. Craziest bump, man. Steve Blackman. All right, Steve Blackman will never make my list of good things ever for wrestling. It just won't ever. But, like, the fact that he's on this list, man, at number two, too. Like, dude, okay, it was SummerSlam 2000, and, like, you, the business was never bigger. Never bigger, right? We're almost to, we're almost to WrestleMania 17. Like, and that was the absolute peak. That was the pop of the bubble. We can't. We we did nothing but come down after that. Now that's not to say we didn't come down fast. So they were still up in 2002, 2003, around to the end of 2004. I'd say WrestleMania 19 was like the end of the uh, like heyday WrestleManias, right? So SummerSlam 2000, man, the business is popping. Stone Cold's out. He's been done been hit by Rikishi. We don't know it yet, but it was Rikishi, by the way. He did it for the Rock. He did it for the people. And we got a lot of other shit going on. But the crazy thing, dude, the fact that Steve Blackman and Shane McMahon made it to a summer – like, think about those guys in general in wrestling. They made it to the card. And I don't know if there are any – there are maybe one or two bigger WWF bumps ever. Like, most memorable just single-moment bumps. Like, Shane McMahon, dude. That's just Hats good off. producers. Shane yeah. McMahon's responsible for most of them. Those people are like, hey, oh, yeah. you're Shane McMahon and Steve Blackman. How are we going to make this special? Well, you guys are both going to climb a really long time, and some yeah. crazy shit's going to happen. And it's going to be the yeah, only thing that anyone ever remembers that this occurred in the first place. Craziest, like, dude, yeah. Cra- I mean, not the craziest, but Silver Metal, one of the craziest bumps I've ever seen in my life. Insane. Oh, it was in a crash pad. Dude, fuck you. It was amazing. It was yeah. awesome. Who like, cares about the crash? Yeah, fuck. I don't care. I don't care. You fall in a crash pad from fucking 35,000 feet high or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. And, like, and then bitch it anybody. Ridiculous. Yeah. That was an Owen Hart level bump. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that. Let's keep it going here. Quick. Oh, fuck. Uh, okay, so coming at number two for me, I kind of had two Jeff Hardy bumps that I had tied, and then you took one of them. So I'm not going to use that one. I'm going to use the other one, and it's also a Jeff Hardy edge thing, but this time it's Jeff Hardy doing the leg drop off the ladder through the ladder at WrestleMania on edge. 
Yep. I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. And Edge immediately got carted off after that. Like, he was completely fucked. I think Jeff Hardy did. Like, it was just – that was the first time I'd see anybody really go through a ladder. Yeah. Like, they do that now. It's a dime a dozen. That was the first time. Yeah. I thought it was insane. Middle that way. Like, that was the – yeah. yeah, and it was just it just it looked super cool. It was super sick, and you know I thought you know you thought he was going to do a swan time, but that leg drop was just as devastating. You know that's his also his secondary big move. But dude, such right. a sick fucking bump. Probably hurt just as much as the spear. Maybe not as iconic as the spear, but definitely just as painful. Oh, it had to have been just as painful because was, Edge was out for a while after yeah. that. That was pretty. I was gonna bad. say probably way more painful. Yeah. Oh, it had to be. I would say way more. Way more. It had to be. It had to be. Man. That's number two for me. I thought that was just a fucking brutal Jeff Hardy bump. And Jeff Hardy has it so is. many crazy ones, but it's just yeah. kind of hard to narrow it down. I mean, That's the one against Bubba the on the, uh, in, the, uh, in the entrance way where he just fucking barely grazes Bubba with his head. Oh, yeah. Bubba's just bad enough that's to break the table on his own. Team. And he just lands straight on his ass like, ugh. He had an early one at TNA, too, where he, like, ran from the top of the fucking entranceway yeah. and swantoned over the stage. Like, ugh. I'll say another one of my honorable mentions was, and originally it was in my countdown, was that tables match between the Dudleys and the Hardys at Royal Rumble 2000, the finish, when Hardy does the swanton off the mezzanine through the table. Yeah. I mean, it, like, it was just a first. And oh, yeah, so definitely. Like, when I saw that shit, I was like, Oh, dude, I love the Hardy Boys. So we can yeah. keep on oh, going yeah. for days, but I'm going to get to my silver. Let's go. And you guys might disqualify this one because there was an injury as a result. However, the bump was taken on purpose. And Starcade 1986, the scaffold match between the Midnight Express and the Road Warriors. Ooh. As you get onto Good. the scaffold and you find out the biggest thing that anybody wants to see is our favorite buddy, Mr. Jim Cornette. Yeah. Climb onto the scaffold and get trapped and not be able to find his way down. He starts to try and get down. He grabs the side of it. He grabs the middle of it. He drops down from that scaffold. That bump, watching how he falls, and he did it on like, – it was 110% planned. Now, apparently he did break his leg is what he says. I don't know if I believe him because it's Jim Cornette. He blew out both his knees. That's what he says. But yeah, it's Jim Cornette. So either way, I just think that watching that bump and watching like the night of the skyscrapers and expecting a bump that's going to happen with the wrestlers. However, seeing it like seeing the comeuppance on the manager and the way the crowd reacted to that entire thing probably was one of the craziest injuries anybody ever saw at that point in time. Yeah. No, that was insane. You're right. That's that's a good spot, too. Like, I feel like it's an iconic moment in wrestling. Um, next week, just quick spoiler, we're going to do uh, top five botches of all time, botch spots or bumps that shouldn't have happened. Um, and that's going to be really fun. I might even make that yeah. a top ten because that's just a crazy list. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that with, with this scaffold match specifically – I mean, he did everything he could to, like, get as low as he could off that scaffold. Tried, but there was no gimmick tried. in the scaffold. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it was a true painter scaffold. Like, he was legitimately 
20 feet in the air. Not like when Vince McMahon or when uh, Jim Ross says that like Jeff Hardy's 20 feet in the air. I mean like an actual 20 feet in the air. Like, yeah. so yeah, he crazy, fucking, crazy stuff. He took that. I mean, it was a planned bump. It was the planned finish. It was the planned scenario. He just happened yeah. to fucking hurt himself. But at the same time, like, man, that was one of the more penultimate things that happened in professional wrestling at that point in time. You want to see yeah. anybody get their come up. That'd be like watching Paul Heyman get thrown off the hell in the cell. You want to fucking yeah. pop? That's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Fully agree. Are we, t- are we ready for number ones now? Number one. Sure. I'm sure we're probably right, going to so have the same number one, right? I feel like we all have to have the same it's number gonna one. It's going to be right? unanimous, I'm sure. Nope. All right, Wex. You want to say it on three? Yeah. One, two, three. Mankind on the Hell in a Cell? Yeah, yeah. Dude, and, and even be. only one of those bumps was, was planned but didn't go as executed. The toss off the cell, that was planned. Just the and, power and bomb. And went as executed. He even yeah, says the power bomb was not supposed to break through and him go all the way down. Like, that was not supposed to happen. But the throw right. off the cell, the thumbtacks, everything else was 100%. They meant to take the – dude, and – it's just so fucking iconic. Like, I mean, yeah, that's the that's number one. It's number one overall. It's got to be the most impactful, crazy bump in the history of wrestling. Period. Yeah, like, at least for people who grew up watching it, like in our era. If you grew up yes, after that, okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Because that was like the yeah. first crazy, like, holy shit! Like, did this did this really just happen on WWF pay per view? Right. No. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, to me, to me, there's no, there's no debate, in my opinion, that like this has to be the craziest moment of all time, like it just has to be. I mean, like, well, I mean, if we're talking about the pantheon of like who has seen it, right? Like, I mean, no, I feel like everyone, like my grandmother, has seen that bump at some point. You know what I mean? Whether it was in like a meme or like or whatever, like it's just it's. The craziest wrestling bump of all time to me. I remember where I was and how I felt. I, it's one of those few times when you're watching a pro wrestling show, especially when you're a super jaded, you know, stand mark like we all are. Like I and I and you stand up. Like I'm not that kind of person. Like I, I love football. I'm passionate, but I'm not like big play. You stand up. You know, like that's not that's dumb. Like that's that was a, a visceral physical feeling like I stood up and jumped and I was like, like I, uh, there's no way that just happened. Like there's like, and I was like, it was, I don't, I don't know if suspension of like, it's so weird because that moment crosses, there's no more suspension of disbelief. Like he literally went through an announcer's table to a concrete arena, which probably still had like actual nice rink underneath it. Like, Mm -hmm. That's literally the first year I really started watching wrestling. I remember I remember like getting the copied tape from the um, cheater box that my granddad used to have and he recorded it for me. And I remember the first time watching it just being like, oh, my like I'd never seen anything like that at that point. I was seven years old. If that makes any sense, I I was it's hard. Now it's also very overplayed. But like if you if you were old enough to have seen it live. There is nothing in pro wrestling that has ever happened, ever, that has made me physically move my body more than that moment, ever. 
Like, Dude, as a fan. It's so iconic, a random redneck at my job was like, oh, yeah, remember Mick Foley got thrown off the cage? And I was like, yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't see how he walks. I was he like, does, hell though. yeah. He does. He does. All right. Well, all right, Jesse. So I was the odd man. Ruin and seven. I, I figured everyone knew that that was the craziest bump on earth, so I yeah. didn't do that. Okay. I'm like, well, I figure that's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And I'm – this is going to be really fucking obscure and no one's going to care, so it's going to be quick. But mine is the Hamrick bump. There's a southern wrestler. Oh, yeah. Chris Hamrick. No, that's a good one. Oh, my God. I know what you're talking about. And – Every fucking enhancement match that he ever did for WWE, for any other company. He did it for Music City Wrestling. He did it for XPW. He did it for a bunch of other places. I mean, he's been all over the goddamn map. And his whole bump is somehow he gets kicked out from under his leg and he goes (laughs) between the first and second rope onto his ass to the outside. And I am sorry, but to do that consistently all the time. Well, I mean, his ass and his back. I mean, he fucked. That dude's spine has to be non-existent at this point. I don't even yeah. know if he's still alive. I have no fucking idea. I'm just saying. I've seen some like, rough ones. <laughs> it's real, real, real bad. But YouTube, again, we're going to have to link some shit here. But, like, we got to – that hammer bump we're going to have to post. This is fucking unbelievable to see. I was I was going for a little bit less low-hanging fruit. Obviously, the Mick Foley bump off the Hell in the Cell is one of the most iconic things ever. It is one of the biggest way, if not the biggest way – to actually show people, hey, when you say fake, you're fucking wrong. The Mick Foley Hell in the Cell bump is the biggest way to say when you say fake, you are fucking wrong. And yeah, I don't know. I was just trying to get a little outside the box. But that hammer. I do bump, like that bump, though. That is a good bump. It's no, that's fucking hilarious. It's a hilarious that's a good bump. One. I love watching it. That's <clears> a really good one, honestly. That hammer it's, it's not just, it's like, first of all, there's very few wrestlers that have their own bump, period. Just that that's just <laughs> unique to them. Yeah. That so and also it's almost like uh it's a very Paul Heyman thing of you to do because it's like technically this is a bump, but it's also happened like thousands of times. So it's like you find this this lo- odd loophole and make it the Jesse Baker number one, where it's like it's not even just one occurrence, like it's actually just the bump that happens a lot. Like it's we I did not think of that. It, it's well played. It's very clever. It's very well played. I appreciate that. Very well booked, my friend. The Hamrick Bump is insane. If you don't know what we're talking about, literally just Google it. Hamrick Bump. I will like, link it, it on the page. I, I, I don't have access to the page, but like we should link it onto all of our socials at some point. Oh, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. We absolutely will do that. That's going to be awesome. Man, this one was fun. This one was very fun. I like it. I think next week we're going to do the botches. That's going to be really fun, too. Um, before we get there, though, we have a few more games to play. Are you guys ready for I, In my opinion, this is the best part of the show, right? Like, this is my favorite, uh, like, little trivia section. Uh, last week, me and Wex decided that it's going to be a hardcore um, championship edition. So it has to be a hardcore champion. Uh, we're going to do a who am I. You get your three facts, as always, and you get three guesses. Um... Last week, there was just two of us, so I think we did five and five. But it was a fun time. Um, I'm excited. So I'm going to start things off here. We're doing a Who Am I for Hardcore Champions. I'm going to give you guys your three facts. Are you ready? Yep. Yes. Okay. I am a one-time AWA World Tag Team Champion. I am a one-time 
WWF Intercontinental Champion. I achieved worst match of the year in 2000. Who am I? Obviously, I'm a hardcore champion as well because it's a hardcore championship edition. Did I ever wrestle for WCW? No. Hmm. Was I ever a WWF tag team champion? I was not. Was not a no, I was not a tag team champion, no. Hmm. Was I in ECW? No. This is going to be really tough. Uh, fuck AWA. That's taking it back. Not really. Lifeline? <laughs> Barely. Huh? Lifeline? Yeah, so this one's going to be a more obvious hint, and you'll each get one guess. Do we go with that? Sure. Okay. I got match of the year in 1981 against Sergeant Slaughter. Oh. Uh, Big Boss Man? You get one guess. Is that your one guess? Well, that's obviously wrong if you said no. that, so no. No. Okay. Jesse, you got Patterson. one guess. Yes, Jesse! Oh, Pat Patterson. Well that's a good done. one. Well done, sir. I've been trying to get I've been trying to put Pat Patterson in my Who Am I for so long. Like it's been a determined thing to do here. I am. I mean, yeah, it was a brief uh, hardcore champion. He was also a 24-7 champion. Um, I thought for a minute, I think that they had a moment on Raw where, like, him and Briscoe, like, won the tag team championships and, like, held the belts. But then, like, the referee reversed the decision because of, like, oh, yeah. outside that. interference or something like, like that. Like, Stooges and they would come back, out Yeah, when they were the Stooges. So, like, when you said, like, the tag team champions, I was like, I feel like they were, but maybe they weren't. So I had to, like, make sure, but... Yeah, Pat Patterson. Man, what a good, a good one. one. I'm super excited about it. Jesse, since you got it right, give us three facts. Your hardcore championship edition. Who is your who am I? I feel really bad because I don't think you guys are going to get this. I just thought the facts I found are interesting. So okay, here we go. I began my career in Omega, which is Jeff and Matt Hardy's promotion, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is the odd man out in a three-person faction? Okay. I was the first person to receive a Stone Cold Stunner on WWF television. Am I just incredible? Nope. You still have questions, by the way. Uh, did I wrestle in WCW? Nope. Well, I mean, if you did it as an enhancement, possibly, but like not... Not known by anybody. The faction that I was an odd man out in was that was in the past 10 years. It was during the Attitude Era. During the Attitude Era. Okay. Mm. This is tough. I, uh, was I ever a tag team champion? 
I don't think so. I don't honestly know the answer to that question. But in order to give you a lifeline as an answer to that question, I will tell you that the career inside the WWE, in all honesty, like, dude retired in 2001. Oh, okay. And was only around for like three to four years. I think I know who it is. Is it Joey Abs? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) God damn it. I was like, odd man out faction. Like, that's what really got me. And then when you just said to him, like, oh, no, he's like, by like 2001, I'm out. And I'm like, odd man. And I was like, oh, it's got to be like the only actual wrestler in the the history of Aussie. Looking that up, I had no idea. He was the first person to take a Stone Cold Stunner on WWF TV. But he's a security guy, I never knew that. Yeah, but still, like, he was the first person to take a fucking stunner, though. Like, that's not. Well, I mean, Savio Vega took it in a match. Well, yeah, it was like a I mean, pay per view, right? First person, like I would have fucking used that to get gimmicks for the rest of my life. Like, yeah. <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> yes, real life gimmicks, gimmicks in the shoot world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's awesome. I love it. Wex, where you at? What you got for us? Okay, uh, start off. I am a two-time hardcore champion. Okay. I have been a tag team champion in WWE, New Japan, and NOAA. Okay. And I almost died from a spinal infection in 1998. Who am I? Are you A-Train? Not A-Train. My test? You're not test. I will say you, you almost died in 1998... From a bump you took in WCW. If that helps. A British Bulldog. Fuck. Damn. <laughs> got real well quick. done. God damn. Well done. Now that was good. I was so gonna, you know I think Rick, talking I think about Rick Rude, Rick Rude the, was going to be my next guest and then Bulldog. But yeah. Because he bumped That's on awesome. the trap door that was uh, for Ultimate Warrior. Oh, for Warrior. Yeah. He got real fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you Man. got that quick. I should have left that tidbit out because you might have guessed Steve Blackman because he almost died too. Did he? From like viral meningitis or something like that. Oh, wasn't that di- from the Lions Den match too? I thought he had yeah. diverticulitis or something. Or something like that, but it was right after that. Yeah, he almost died. He like was in the hospital for like a year. Yikes. Yeah, that's wild for sure. Man, Jesse brought us this idea. I'm going to do one more thing. It's uh, Let's hit it. Cut or keep, right? So I'm going to give you these people that were on the show at Halloween Havoc for NXT. Because let's be honest, man. WWE is getting way better. The main roster is getting way better. NXT 2.0 sucks shit. It's not been good since it was black and gold. The whole show sucks. I don't have a lot of faith in, in most of this new roster. Some of these people I like a lot. But a lot of them I've seen, I've seen in other promotions and I already knew they were good. Right? So, I don't know. You guys tell me, right? So, I'm, I'm just going to give out some names. We're going to go down the list for everybody that actually was on the main card of Halloween Havoc and NXT. And let me know if you were running a developmental, would you cut them or keep them, right? So, cut them or start them. So, I'm going to throw this out here real quick. Yeah. I'm naming a date in my notebook right now. I'm naming the three of us. So, our keeps are going to be noted in this notebook. And we're going to keep this okay. series going. And then at some point, 
we're gonna have an entire roster. We're gonna see how that. Okay. Goes. I love it. I love this. This is gonna be great. All right. Are you ready? Okay. So match number one is the ladder match for the vacant NXT North American Championship. Would all right? Would you cut or keep Wesley? Jesse, I'd cut. Yeah, I'd cut him because as a solo, if he's a tag team, I'd keep him. Go and keep on that one, so you can mark that down for me. Carmelo Hayes, Jesse, keep, keep. I'm going keep as well on on Carmelo Hayes. Okay, don't worry, guys. I'll make it up. Promise, I'm not keeping everybody. Oh, next one. Oro Mensa. Mensa. Jesse. I, I've got to cut because I don't know or care who that is. Who? Don't know or care. As soon as you said that name, I said who? Cut. <laughs> yeah, cut. Cut. So we're all we're all cutting him. Jesse Von Wagner. Cut. Wax. Yeah, especially after hit that fan in the head with that fucking ladder. Cut. <laughs> Cut. Robert Stone. Jesse. That's a keep. Flex. Keep as a manager. Cut as a wrestler. That doesn't count. Keep or cut. <sighs> cut. Yeah. Okay. I'm going keep. I'm keeping Stone. Okay. Nathan Frazier. Jesse. Keep. Keep. Oh, Wax, sorry. Oh, sorry. Keep. You like you like Nathan Frazier? Yes, I, I'm a keeper on that one. I don't know who he is, so I got to cut. Same. He's uh, He used to be, what's his name? Uh, no, I, mean, I know I know who he is, but I still don't care. I didn't I know. I saw him at TWE, uh, British guy. Ben something or other? Yeah, he wrestled for AEW, New Japan. He's a good wrestler. Great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Apollo Crews. Cut or keep? Uh, that's hard. I'm keeping. I'm going to keep. Cut. No Apollo for me. We've seen it. We've, it's been years, guys. The potential train's already left. And okay. maybe he did have the potential six years ago. But guess what? It was six years. And that was the time that we kind of needed him to be good. And he wasn't. So I don't really care. He's already he's old news now. Cut. Grayson Waller. Cut or keep, Jesse? Cut. Cut, Ski. Get him I'm out of here. I'm Grayson Waller. Ooh, he's a Waller guy. Waller, I hardly know her. Wick. Yeah, no, he's, he's not whack at all. He's actually an incredible athlete, but we'll keep that going. I don't think he's got a good gimmick at all. I'd completely change his name and repackage him totally, but I think Grayson Waller's an amazing athlete. I'd Dude, put Robert Stone with him. Whoever I wanted to I would not talk at all. It'd be great, but. We'll get to that. Apparently, Jesse's keeping notes. For, I'll, I'll, I'll justify all my shit. Don't worry about it. All right. Uh, Roxanne Perez. Cut or keep? Who? It's Roxy. Roxanne Perez. A.K.A. Roxy. No. Yeah. Roxy. Yeah. Nah. Jesse, cut or keep? I don't know. if we, I, I, I'm not sure if it's fair to play women's roster on NXT right now. Okay. Well, I mean, the other one's Cora Jade. She was the other one in the match, and I'd keep her. I know, but, but I mean, the thing is, is that, like, for most of it, they're, they've all been flip-flopping where everybody's going, and so, like, it's really hard to, like, 
I mean, we can if you want. Uh, my vote, cut. I'm going to cut All right, how about this one, man? The we'll next match both. here was uh, Julius Creed versus Damon Kemp, but I'd rather just say, would you would you cut or keep the Creed brothers? Jesse. Cut. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I jumped the gun. All right, Wax is cutting them. Jesse, where are you at? I'm cutting them. Fucking boring. You don't like the Creed brothers, really? They're boring. All right, cool. Uh, I'm going to cut them, too. That's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'll let them go. I don't want to fill up my roster here. Um... Mandy Rose, cut or keep, Jesse? I mean, cut, really. Flex? Cut. They were all cutting. All right. Alba Fry, Fire. <laughs> Who? Jesse. You didn't even yeah. know the last name, so I'm pretty sure we're. Yeah. Who? Oh, <laughs> my God. Okay. So this is a good one. Braun Breaker, Jesse. I mean,. Keep, you know. Wax. Yeah, he's a good young prospect. I'm going to keep him. Fuck that, dude. Fuck that guy. No, I don't want him even sitting in my crowd. I don't want that dude anywhere near my show. Absolutely not. Cut all day, every day. 10-4. But he's related to the guy with the world's largest arms. I could... You could erase the Steiner existence from wrestling, and it would not matter to me one bit. Okay, the entire body <laughs> of all of their family don't need it. Isla Dragunov, Jesse. Keep. Keep. Wex. He's he's sick. Keep. Keep for sure. J.D. McDonough, a.k.a. Jordan Devlin. I'm going to say I'm in... This is probably controversial, but I'm going to say cut. Okay. Me too. I'm saying cut. Fuck him. Yeah, I'm actually saying cut too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's the wish version of Finn Balor. Oh, yeah. And I think Finn Balor is already over. Like, I think it's just done. You know, when I say over, I don't mean a wrestling term. I mean, like, it's just, it's already happened. Yeah. Like, we're done with it. The height of Finn Balor was 2017. He's never getting back to that level. He's literally the Irish Dolph Ziggler at this point. At this point in time, I think Finn Balor's best situation would be to Believe. actually go back to being, you know, Prince Devitt, Fergal Devitt, yep. whatever he wanted. Go to new, to just do. go back to New Japan. That'd be yes. The, don't the, it, please, bet. God, don't go to AW. Go to New Japan. I, I, don't I, go to AW. They're going to ruin you Japan, there. I think he could have a future in WWE, but I think that he has to be. First off, he can't be a heel. It's not possible. Like he needs to be a babyface mid. He's a go away. Dolph Ziggler type wrestler. <laughs> in I love Finn Balor. He's honestly my favorite WWE no, no, wrestler. I mean, like, he needs don't to go away right. for a while. Like, like he, that's not what I'm. I didn't mean like go away heat. I mean like he he can't just all of a sudden turn babyface. Like he needs to get hurt or like even if it's just kayfabe hurt and just I'm be sure, off yeah, TV yeah, yeah. for no, a while. Get kicked out of the judgment day. Like a fresh start. Like, I'm not saying turn right now. Like, have Dominic kick his ass, and then eventually he comes back six months from now and fucking, you know, gets revenge against Dominic and yeah. Ripley or whatever the fuck. That'd like, be great. just the yeah. demon to take but, down the Judgment Day. But I don't think you need the— Oh, uh, that'd be great. I don't that's think money. You, I don't think you need the demon. I think you just— I do. You need that. No, that, I think that's you do. That's money. That's money. But yeah, at this point, we're almost to, like, the point where— we're, Dude, we're literally old enough to where it's almost nostalgia. you got to realize, in two years, in two years— in two years, the demon will be, be nostalgic. Ten years, yeah, yeah, like yeah. 
But so we'll, I mean, like, here's the thing. It's like, we say the yeah, same shit about brain. Like, we're just, everything's just being sped up. Like, yeah, I know. But I mean, it doesn't hurt. And honestly, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay. If we're talking about value, if we're talking about equity, if we're talking about stock and a wrestler and a character and a persona, Finn Balor has never meant less. Never. Never. Finn but Balor has that, never meant less. the case for fucking five years now. Right. But you also have guys that were around the same time or even earlier, like Sami Zayn, who is, by the way, has also had periods on the main roster where their value was less than nothing. He's and that they yes, all. he was. You're yeah. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So was Sammy. So was Sammy. He had so a spell AJ there for two or three years where he was out. And then now he's arguably the most – he is the best comedic thing in pro wrestling right now. Like the best comedic character. I, think I would love to see you or WWE right now. One of the belts, even for just a short period of time, like a – Win it on a pay-per-view and then like Jay takes it back from him the next night. Something. They're built. Okay. I think this is great booking, by the way. I love how we're just fucking money trailing down here. But I think that Sami Zayn is the Royal Rumble main event. It's going to be Sami Zayn reigns at Royal Rumble in the main event. That We're that building to that as the storyline, right? But then whoever wins the Royal Rumble will take on Reigns. It, reigns is going to beat Sami. But it's going to – that match, I hope they get 25 minutes minimum. Because that shit's going to be amazing. Are like, you talking about Jay and Sammy? No, no I'm talking Roman about Roman and Sammy. and Sammy. You want Roman I'm and Sammy? I'm saying by the time we get to Rumble, by the time we get to January, it's going to be Reigns and Sammy. Like Reigns that's, and that's, Sammy? Dude, they're building Sammy, for the main event. Of, that, I'm talking about past SummerSlam to Rumble. Sammy Zayn and Reigns oh, is, is, is Rumble. Is, is, is Rumble. But I think Cody debuts, it comes back at Rumble and wins. I th- honestly I think... All of us are stands and pipe dreamers about Rock and Reigns. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I really I don't, don't think, think it's going to happen. Happens at all. I don't think Rock and Reigns happens at all. Also, I, to be entirely honest with you, I don't really think Cody and Reigns happens at all. I think Cody has to fucking be the raw guy. Like, But he beats Roman for one of the top. I'm not even saying he beats him for both, but he beats him for one. Eh, somebody comes out and there, there's a separation between that. I don't think Cody beats Roman until the Absolutely. following – I don't think Cody beats Roman until the following WrestleMania. I think it's two from now. Nah, this is his time, bro. It's, it, he's, even though he's been gone, he's, it was never hotter. When, when he comes, no, 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 the no. eruption I'm at saying, Rumble is going to be gonna, insane. There's something that's going to take a belt off of Roman that lets Cody have a belt, that lets there be two belt matches that happen. But I'm saying I don't think Cody Roman happens until the following WrestleMania. Ooh, okay. That's what I'm talking about. That's possible. Like, I think possible. like there there may be a thing where it's like okay at Royal Rumble we got you know whoever comes like Logan Paul versus <laughs> who fucking knows you know what I'm saying I don't know I mean I, I honestly like his matches but uh, the build's not so great Wex since we're fantasy booking here what do you think man you think who's let's let's just say it who's gonna win the Royal Rumble this year if Cody Rhodes comes back it just it makes sense for him to win it. Just makes sense. But if he doesn't come back, maybe Seth Rollins. That'd be cool, too. Rollins reigns. It could be a possibility. They might book Sammy to win it. That'd be a massive pop. Or Sammy. Anything. Any any of those. It'd be great. But uh, I, Sammy, Cody, Seth Rollins, 
Maybe a surprise Big E return or something. You never know. Something like that. I think there's no debate. It's going to be Cody Rhodes. Like he's going. Okay. You can write write this down. Put it in stone. I said Cody Rhodes will win the Royal Rumble in 2023. It's gonna happen. All right. Well, we'll see. Well, I think it's probably about that time to wrap it on up for this episode of Kayfabe Comparisons. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, what do you think? Who's going to win the Royal Rumble? I I can't disagree with you, man. Oh, well, there we go. I think it's That's unanimous. Here. I, it's, I, like, I think it's got to be Cody, to be honest. Uh, like, if it's not – okay, so if Cody's injured and it can't be Cody, man uh, – it's probably going to be some super – if it's not Cody, to be entirely honest, I think they may go with Braun. That would be terrible. Not Braun Strowman, Braun Breaker. That's going to do it for us. You can find us every week at kfabe.com on Twitter and on Instagram, at kfabe.com pod on TikTok, kfabe comparisons on Facebook and YouTube. You can always find me at Daniel Daybreak everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that shit. Wax, where can people find you as you scratch your ass? No, it was actually my lower back. It's hurting real bad. I got a few knots back air. But uh, you can always find your boy, Wex, at Wex Breaking the Lawson on all of your social media, specifically at Wex Lawson on Twitter. And, you know, be in contact with him on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, all of them. You know, we're down, to, we're down to listen to some shit. Get some engagement, baby. I'm into it. I'm into it. Jesse, where can folks find you? You can find me on uh, Jesse Baker Nash. Instagram and Twitter and just regular ass Jess Baker on Facebook pretty much just talking about wrestling thinking about wrestling doing not much else it's gonna be awesome super excited about it next week we're covering the top five botches of all time that's always good to shit on things it's gonna be fun we're out we're gonna see you guys next week peace Holla. Uh,